guys from wherever they feel like it. It's Two Guys Watch a Movie! Who is your host? Two Guys! Hey everybody, welcome to Two Guys Watch a Movie, episode number 18! We are back and our, our, our little podcast is Legal. able to buy porn now. It's great. Yeah. And so to real people jail though. Oh yeah, no more juvie. No more juvie for our podcast yeah. there. It's uh yeah. Happy eighteenth. And going to R rated movies. Eighteen podcast old. Eighteen podcast. It's like one. I think you, can one... Go to, you can go to R rated movies at seventeen. You can't oh it is seventeen, that's right. Okay. It's it, you have to be like a parent or guardian. Hey, you can be a parent I, or guardian now. When we I don't know about you, but when I was a little kid, like they never really enforced the R rated rules very hard. But then uh-huh. the movie they started doing it for was Saw 2. <laughs> Interesting. And I desperately wanted to see Saw 2, and I was 16. Oh, And man. we went to, like, three different theaters and eventually got to one that wasn't uh, IDing. <laughs> I think the first time I ever... Because, like, I was 17 around the time I started going to R-rated movies by myself. So I didn't have that many. Like, I didn't really have to sneak myself in. But I always went sure. with my younger brother, Matt, who is two years younger than me. And we never had issues. We would always, like, buy a ticket for another movie and then sneak into the, go into the one that we wanted to go to, which means we might have contributed to a movie that maybe wouldn't have made that much money. I don't know. But I remember we never had issues with that until we went to go see Superbad. That was oh. the first movie I ever saw anybody, like, actively checking any IDs for. Huh. And we had a brief scare because the guy was going around checking random people and he got to our row, and I'm thinking, like, you know, I'm fine, but my brother is not okay to be in here by, with just me. Mm-hmm. So, like, oh, shit, I think we're about to be kicked out. And the guy says, this, excuse me, goes down the row and kicks out the people sitting, like, five seats away from us. It was oh my gosh. intense. Like, we both kind of look like we're roughly the same age, I think. So, like, didn't have that issue. But that was the first time I ever saw anybody, like, checking IDs for that. Huh. Uh, everybody, thank you for joining us today on our little podcast here. I am Jordan Ehrlich. I'm Tommy Quartz. And this is our podcast about movies and movie-related things. Tommy, I, I would say it's been a while, but it really hasn't. Like we've That's been, true. We have been busy podcasting. Um, I won't do too much plugging here, but we, we just started a new podcast with our buddy BJ Kingery called, it's called The O3, an OC Recap Podcast. Yes, it's important that you look at all those words because it's impossible to search on Spotify. I know. Oh my god, I tried searching just the O three, and it's it, it, it was it's so much trouble. Yeah, you have to yeah. search for the full thing to find it. But it's an OC recap podcast. Yeah. We watched the. Uh, we didn't. We didn't title the show with search engine optimization in mind. I don't because we're rebels like that. Yeah. Yeah. We're cool. We're cool kids. Um, but we have an OC recap podcast. Uh, we watch the OC three episodes at a time, and it, it has been a blast and a half. Yeah, it really has. I, I love it. enjoyed it. And it's something that uh, it came as a result of a conversation we had in the last episode of this show, uh, talking about uh, actors we recognized from the OC. Um, you kind of messaged me the, the morning this epi- that last episode was released, and... Oh, yeah. We were talking Ghostbusters Afterlife, and Olivia Wilde is in that movie, and you texted me the morning of, say, like, wait, we didn't mention Olivia Wilde was on this show. Yeah, And I was right. like, oh my god. And then you said we should do an episode about the OC sometime of this show, and I said, I, I could do a whole podcast about this. 
And I was like, yes, fuck yeah, I'll do a whole podcast on the OC. <laughs> we started preparing, I think like two weeks after that, we were recording our first yeah. episode, though. I think so. uh, but yeah, it's been a blast. We're on a little bit of a mid-season hiatus right now. Uh, we're about halfway through season one. Yeah, our, our third our third host of the show, BJ, is currently in Hawaii. Oh, so, lucky, lucky. Uh, lucky. Yeah, so we're taking a little break from the it's, OC. But we're, we're here, we're talking movies now. It's been a little while. It's good to be back here. Oh, yeah. It's Jordan, done. what have you watched lately? What have I watched lately? One I think you've watched uh, also is uh, The Matrix Resurrections. Oh, yes. Matrix 4. Matrix 4. What do you? What grade What grade would you give it? What grade? I would probably go with a, uh, a B minus for this one. I was not, I should mention, I was not sober during this movie. I kind of sure. needed to put myself in that mind to be just open to anything, and boy, was I yeah. <laughs> happy about that, because the first 30 minutes of this movie are so freaking meta. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's absurdly meta. I mean, I think uh, it does a good job of, like, being self-aware, because I think, like, The Matrix and this, you know, being 20 years old or whatever, like, mm. you just have to acknowledge the cultural relevance it has and the cultural change it caused so like not doing so in a new matrix movie would be weird and they do like oh my god like that first 30 minutes like they're talking they're openly talking about like warner brothers and like their parent company warner brothers like neo is a video game developer who created this video game series called the matrix that was those first three movies it's so insane i I was questioning, like, is this the same universe that the first three movies were in? And the short answer is yes, it is. But, like, the way that they handled that was so good. Like, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, uh, I'd give it a B minus, too. B minus, yeah. What about, speaking of meta stuff, did you see the new Scream movie? Yes. Came out last I month? liked it a lot. Oh, yeah, I did. So I liked it a lot. It's, I'm gonna just go into this as spoiler free as possible, but, like, yeah. it, it's, it was a lot of fun. And,. Super, the fun of this series is like it's just as much a comedy as it is horror, and it's super meta. And kind yeah, of just a commentary on it's the made state for, of horror today. It's made for horror fans too. Like if we can talk about the first scene, uh, oh yeah, without spoilers. But basically, yeah. you know, it's the classic scream scene where he calls and says, "Do you like scary movies?" And she says, uh, "Yes," but uh, he's like, "What's your favorite scary movie?" And she says, "The Babadook." <laughs> And uh, <laughs> later they name other movies. It's like all my favorite movies. They name It Follows and yep. I forget what else. But uh, uh, that idea oh, of like yeah, elevated horror though. Yeah. And she, witch, yeah, she yeah. says she describes elevated horror to him. And then this movie sort of ends up being an elevated horror movie. And it calls it. It's so good. I mean, it, it, it's so much fun. And the original cast members are used, right? I think there's a lot of focus on the new cast they, members. In this they movie. literally mention though. They, they say like. You bring back the old cast members, but just in a small part, just enough to encourage the main leads. <laughs> yes. Like oh my god, I love the lead in this. Uh, I forget her name, but she was in. Uh, she played Vanessa in In the Heights, and she was terrific okay. in this. She's yeah, agreed. So much. This is a, such a fun movie, though. Also, need to recommend a movie that these these same guys did. The guys who did this new. This is the first one that was not done by Wes Craven. Obviously, he passed away yeah, some years yeah. ago, and. These guys made another great horror comedy a few years back called Ready or Not. I really uh, need to watch that, yes. It's so good. Um, 
it, it's yeah a lot it's another one that's like got some horror elements there it's just a lot of fun to watch very funny very pitch black sense of humor in that totally uh, i should watch that i really need then, to I, yeah i mean <clears throat> i really liked it and you could tell it was a sort of a love letter to Wes craven oh 100 they named a character after him in that movie yeah yeah, yeah. Wes. Yeah. Uh, that was nice that was a good tribute um what have you been watching uh, let's see what else. Um, in December, I watched Reno 911, The Hunt for QAnon. Oh my god. <laughs> I've been seeing you commercials just, for that. I need to, I need to watch it's that. It's pretty funny. It's, it's just classic Reno, man. Like, it hasn't, it hasn't changed a bit. Still works. Still hilarious. I need to watch um, that. let's see. I watched, uh, an amazing documentary on Disney Plus, uh, called The Rescue, about the Ooh. Thailand cave flood, the kids' soccer team who got... Uh, trapped in the cave oh yeah i heard about that it i heard about that one phenomenal you have to watch honestly there i don't want to say too much about it because like mm-hmm. it's crazy i don't know if you know how they ended up getting these kids out of this flooded cave do you i don't i don't watch I know this documentary because the answer is fucking crazy <laughs> i i need to watch this i need to watch this um let's oh yeah Obviously, I so I let me just say this. I went to the movie theater seven times in the last couple months. Uh, I saw okay. four movies. Oh my god! So three of those I would imagine were. Uh, I actually saw no Spi- Home. I saw Spider Man four times. Four actually. times! Oh my god! Yeah, and then because then three other movies. Okay, there you go. Uh, Spider Man was. I mean, I could go into a whole. We could do a whole episode on that. I mean, amazing, we could. So. Uh, it was really good. I mean, I don't know what hasn't been said, but I like yeah. I just some. I saw someone on Facebook, like, friend of a friend, who said, like, I don't even like Marvel movies, and I wept. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it does such a great job of, like, just not only is it a celebration of Spider-Man here, but it's a celebration of the Spider-Man in the cinemas over, like, a 20-year period. Like, it's so much behind it, like. And I'm the biggest Tobey Maguire fanboy, but this movie did such a good job of making me love Andrew Garfield, too. They made a case for... The Amazing oh. Spider-Man movies, and I couldn't be I happier see for Andrew Garfield. Yeah. What a oh year he's having. <sighs> um, and I, what impressed me, and I think we can say, like, yeah, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are in this movie. It's the worst kept secret in Hollywood, yeah, at yeah. least it was. But yeah. what impressed me the most about that was, like, not not only like they were that they got them to be in the movie, but also how well those two variants of Peter Parker furthered the storyline of yeah. Tom Holland's Peter Parker in that, like helps to further tell that story as opposed to it just being a gimmick. Yeah, like, without... The only thing I would have changed would have been the introduction of those characters. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I liked Ned's little thing, but um, without getting to it as spoilers, I, I would have liked it to have been a little different. I can get into spoilers and tell you my I think idea. by this time, most everybody has seen this movie. I think we can get into spoiler territory. Well, I would have liked it... Yeah, I mean, so that's right after... Uh, Honestly, I was expecting them to come in at the end of that goblin scene. But then I was thinking you have a scene of uh, Ned and MJ running home, you know, or like going back to Happy's or going back to whoever's. Right, right. uh, Getting attacked by someone and Spider-Man comes in, but it's one of the other Spider-Men who comes in and saves them. Yeah, and then, yeah, whatever. That'd be fun. Um, I will say Tobey Maguire, like, I had forgotten how amazing he was as Peter, not only as Spider-Man, but, like, as Peter Parker. Like, yeah, is such a unique version of Peter Parker, and he just, like, it. he slipped just right back into it within, like, the first minute 
of that scene. It was like I was wa- I, I just had a flashback just watching this in the theater twenty years ago. Like yeah, I know it. He's uh, <laughs> fucking love him. Yeah, solid. Yes, Spider Man, I give an A plus. Oh fuck yeah, fuck yeah, A A, a plus, solid A right there, yeah. man. Um, last movie I've seen because I got another couple of things here. So. Mm-hmm. I want. I saw. I went to go see Jackass Forever. Oh, I did too. Uh, I wish. I just. I had to go see it alone because it's not like Aaron's gonna go see Jackass. Oh, with me. but uh, it was so fun. I mean, the first ten minutes in the theater, like, it, like, just it started off kind of quiet. Like, oh, there's only probably six other, seven other people in this theater with me. Right. But, yeah. But but. But by like ten minutes into the movie, everybody in the theater is just fucking belly laughing. Oh <laughs> like, my god! And that's the thing about these movies: you, you have to watch them with people. Like mm-hmm. that's how you watch this. I remember my introducing my youngest brother to. I think we watched Jackass too, and he was not impressed. Like he didn't. He just didn't get it at the time. He was pretty young. I think he was like twelve or okay. thirteen, maybe. This is kind of before his time. So I don't know, man. That seems like exactly the age. <laughs> but love Jackass. I mean, the thing about these movies, though, you go with people, and I went with him again for this one. I went with him and Gabby, uh-huh. and it, 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 that's the thing, is, like, when you're with people and you're watching this, I think it, it, it's such a, it's such a group, it's, it's gotta be a group experience, I think. Yeah. Like. I, uh, I have never laughed, I, I said, the last time I laughed that hard at a movie was probably Jackass 3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> solid i mean solid a it's a jackass it with jackass it's yeah. like either you love it or you hate it like there's, there's yeah and i mean it was around. ridiculous uh I, yeah i liked preston lacy's uh balls getting speed back oh no i feel <laughs> my so, favorite my favorite um, sketch though was i'm johnny knoxville welcome to hell <laughs> um dude i uh, number one, there's no. I don't think there's a better phrase that I just get a little like emotional at than feel uh, not like crying emotional, which is like I'm just feeling of excitement and then hearing I'm Johnny Knoxville, welcome to Jackass. Like, yeah, there's um, something dude, about I that. love. I love Knoxville. Like, I I I feel like I had this parasocial relationship with him. Maybe he's an asshole in real life, right? But like, I feel like I know what kind of dude he is. And like, I think he's, he's from got a pretty Knoxville, good. Tennessee. I, I listened to, uh, I just listened to his Howard Stern interview from a couple of weeks back, and he seems like he's got a good head on his shoulder. Like, he's a totally, yeah. like, normal dude, apparently, like, outside of the world of Jackass. Yeah, I just uh, love when he gets pranked, his response is always so positive. I love in Jackass 3 when they switch his face lotion out with... Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, do you want me to say it? Horse come. <laughs> This is the only thing I don't like about these movies is like, and I forced myself to for this movie and I don't want to say much about it, but like the only thing I don't really, I can't really bring myself to watch in the Jackass movies is anything involving like bodily fluids. Like I can't do it. Yeah. I I put myself through it for this one, but I I can't do it. Right. Well, anyway, I just love that Johnny, when he gets pranked, he just loses his mind and laughter at himself getting, doing something awful. He loves it. But, um, I won't say too terribly much. Uh, the last thing I'll say, though, is, without saying anything, I feel bad for uh, Aaron McGee's testicles. Oh, I, I feel my for goodness. his testicles. That's Aaron McGee, right he, 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 like, honestly carries that movie on his back. Dude's got some of the best. He's in my favorite. He's he kind of just my favorite yeah. bit in the movie, for sure. I'm, and I hesitate to say more, because, like, it, this is so much. It's such a fun movie. Yeah. Uh, go see this one if you want to. And then... Last thing I've got that I've uh, seen recently, because I think we're going to go into detail on a couple other things, but have you been watching uh, Pam and Tommy on Hulu? I haven't. 
I haven't watched it. I've heard it's good. It's good. I like it. You know, for those who don't know, it's about the the Pamela Anderson, uh, Tom. Yeah, Brady, which I uh, sex tape. I I re- I didn't know the story of it, but I heard the the gist of it about repairman or something stealing. yeah oh it's insane the story is insane like a handyman like stole their safe and the tape oh, was God. just in the safe and it's just like it's insane it's a great story oh. um there are four episodes into the season right now i think but yeah and i'm it, it's so good i watched a few more movies uh let me i'll do uh least favorite to most favorite okay yeah uh, I watched the movie Marry Me with J-Lo and Owe. <laughs> We're calling Owen Wilson Owe now. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was He was like, it, um, it was terrible. It was just terrible. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, it was it was kind of fun, kind of good, bad. Um, but God, okay. it was it was dumb. And it was like this weird kind of like she's empowered by being like a millionaire and he's not, you know, and so like they were like feminism. And I was like, capitalism. <laughs> That's so <laughs> but yeah. It was strange. Um I also watched uh, on Netflix The Tender Swindler. I've been hearing about this. Yeah. Documentary about uh a uh a con artist on Tinder. It's fucking crazy. Oh you have God. to watch it. And then uh I just saw uh my favorite movie of the year, definitely Licorice Pizza. Man, I and we'll go into details about that because we're talking Oscars today. A lot of what I have been watching too over the last several months is up is like has been to prep for Oscar season. So like I'll go yeah. into more brief details about those later. But I still yeah. haven't seen Licorice Pizza is one of the ones that I have not seen and I need to because I <laughs> I love so Paul Thomas good. Anderson. Like yeah, and this is this is him at his peak. Honestly, it's like it's like really pleasant. I don't know. I. It's good. I need to see it. It looks so good. And then, I think we're going into detail about that. Have you been watching uh, Peacema- Peacemaker at all? Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. It's dude, John Cena needs an Emmy for this show. It like, is so good. It is fucking good. I know. It is amazing. It is really, really good. I was I, my, I do have one issue with like the last episode or second to last episode. Uh-huh. And it's a little bit of American History X syndrome. Uh, uh-huh. American History X is an anti-racist movie, obviously. Right. Um, but they do a lot of, through the cinematography, uh, glorifying of white supremacists. You know, when he, like, uh-huh. that flashback scene of him playing... Ba- I'm talking about American History X. Right. Uh, but the, there's, like, a flashback scene of him playing basketball with his swastika tattoo out and, like... The imagery is beloved by many white supremacists in an anti-white supremacist movie. Oh, no. And so I was concerned about the same thing with the white dragon. Oh, God. Like, they're going to, like, repurpose that for, like, their own. Yeah, like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I know you want your, like, your bad guy to look scary, but, like, you got to make white supremacists look buffoonish. Yeah. In my opinion. I... I don't know because I know White Dragon was a villain in the comics, so I don't know how much is he a, is he a racist in the comics? I do not up? know. Uh, I have no idea. Um, okay, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Yeah, uh, but while you're doing that, though, I'm just digging. This is a series that like I was so hesitant about going in because if you've seen the Suicide Squad, like 
Peacemaker is an asshole at the beginning of the movie, and he is an asshole at the end of that movie. He has, goes through no... Rede- he, there's nothing redeemable about him in that movie. And in reading interviews with James Gunn, like that apparently is why he wrote this arc for him, because he never got that story in there. Like He never got that story arc in there, and it really like kind of humanizes him and oh, yeah, gives him that story. And like number one, it's the last time I'm ever going to underestimate James Gunn. Uh, oh, yeah. And... Number two, just um, it's 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 made an actor out of John Cena. Yeah. Okay, I just looked up White Dragon. The uh, name is taken as a reference to the Ku Klux Klan. He was a member of the Aryan Empire, the Fourth Reich, and the Suicide Squad. Okay, that's 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 weird. Uh, right. But, the, uh, but he is so a white yes, supremacist, though, in the comic. It would seem so, or a Nazi even. Oh my God. Okay. Which he very much is, and Robert Patrick is doing a great job of being so hateful in this show. Oh my god, I know, I really fucking hate him. (laughs) Oh my god. And also, the opening credits for this show are Are maybe the best best uh, sequence I've ever seen for a a never show, maybe. (laughs) They're awesome. It's it's so creative. Y'all, just go YouTube. I know HBO put that intro up on their YouTube page. Just go watch it. Um... That's all I really want to say about because this is a it's I hesitate yeah. to say more because it's so good and they're one episode I think season finale is going to be uh, by the time this comes out it'll be this week. Yeah, before we talk Boba Fett, which is yes. what we're about to talk, um, yes. I just I wanted to mention that I watched both seasons of The Witcher. Ooh, okay. Have you seen it? I have not. No, it's uh, Netflix. Season one's a little heady, uh, but once you sort of figure out what's going on, it's pretty good. But I never. I have the Witcher 3 video game, and I couldn't really get into it because the lore is so dense, you know? Okay. And uh, now, though, after watching two seasons of The Witcher, I'm like, oh, I totally know what's going on. I started playing The Witcher 3 again. It's awesome. Oh, cool. Because <laughs> I like, have an idea of what's going on. Yeah, it's supposed to be like, Witcher 3 is supposed to be like one of the best video games of all time, isn't it? Yeah, it's very good. I need to play um, that. Okay, but let's talk about the Book, Book of Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett. I, this is definitely a show, I mean, we're going to spoilers, I think, obviously, for this. Yeah, let's um, just spoil it all, guys. This is one that, like, I think is best viewed as a binge watch instead of a, uh, just like a once a, one episode a week kind of show, because... Probably. It, I don't know, like, I thought it was fine, the short, my short review for this is, I thought it was good, I thought it was fine. I didn't hate it, yeah. like, I think a lot of people hated it. I definitely didn't hate it, and I have, here's, I've been following, like, uh, the subreddits of both The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and Star Wars uh, Mm. closely with fan reactions, and, like, I have, and I've been reading stupid articles, and uh, I have a list of reasonable and unreasonable complaints. Ooh, yes. um, Basically, but, uh, but before we get into that, just, like, a general overview, I just felt like there was, there was interesting bits, um, but... As a cohesive whole, it really didn't tell much of a story. I thought Boba Fett's character was most changed while in the desert with the Tuscans. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's like he's very one-dimensional, almost. Yeah. I wanted to see him be tempted to like be that that ruthless bounty hunter he used to be. You know, I wanted to see yeah. him like kill someone out of anger and then be like, wait, fuck... Uh, Anyway, so... Yeah, there's, like, not enough of that, like, struggle, because throughout the main, you know, plot of this, set in the present day, 
he's definitely he's trying to be like the peace a more peaceful benevolent leader than like Jabba the Hutt was. He's taken over yeah. his territories. The yeah. Of this. Okay, so I I saw an article. Here's my first unreasonable complaint. Okay. Uh, and oh, this boy. is my I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bitch about it the most. Uh, there yeah. was an article that said it's time for Star Wars to get off Tatooine, or it's time for Star Wars to leave Tatooine, or something like what? that. Like leaving was like, the planet of Tatooine. Yeah, like we've had enough Tatooine. And I was like, it basically comes down to they want more breadth and instead of depth. And it's like, are you fucking kidding? I just want, I'll take an entire trilogy only set on Tatooine. I think we're because about to get, it's yeah. Enti- yeah, we're, we're going to get the whole series of Kenobi might be set on Tatooine, but it probably won't be entirely. But uh, I just feel like with Star Wars, it's so interesting to get into the, like, deeper parts of a single planet, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, we don't know that much about Tatooine. We know, and like, I think, three, yeah. two cities. And I think, <laughs> like, and I do like that they get into the, like, kind of details about it. And particularly, like, I love some of the, like, the intergalactic gangsterness of it all. Like, it, the, um, yeah. the, kind of the underworld uh, that I, yeah. we don't get much of a glimpse into, I don't think. Yeah, and... I liked that, like, Godfather-esque scene where they're all at the dinner table. Oh, that was good, yeah. Yeah, and I loved the, uh, I love that, and, and I remember, number one, I swear to God, Dave Filoni and John Favreau are listening in on our Star Wars D&D games. Um, oh, yeah, what else did, I forget what uh, they... Well, I knew about, what I wanted to talk about was, I knew about the concept of, like, sort of the sect of people that, like, love to enhance their bodies with droid parts. Yeah. Like, maybe they'll put, like, a mechanical eye in or something like that. Oh, right. And we never, and that's something I learned about through our D&D sessions, and they... Did it on uh, yeah. in that flashback scene when Fennec he happens upon Fennec Shan's body, and takes her to the mechanic guy yeah. to give her droid Thundercat. parts and like it's a sect of people that like are doing this just because they want to do it and it's like I love that gritty like underworld kind of feeling to it. It's so cool yeah. to see. Here's a reasonable complaint. Yes, I did not like the design of those characters, most specifically their. Bikes. Oh, are you talking about oh, the ones with the color? Like, they're super color-coded bikes. They're colorful bikes, but also they're, them as characters looked out of place. They would have looked totally normal on <laughs> Coruscant, but they weren't yeah. dirty and beat up and, like, sun-damaged enough. And got, they, yeah. like... I, the, the one guy was wearing, like, a, a white suit, and he spun around and had purple lasers. And it's like... I, that would really have worked. On Nar Shaddaa... It would it would make total sense, but it doesn't work in on Tatooine, and I think yeah, it those I mean, that whole those design of those characters, I like the concept a lot. The idea but, of like it, I thought it was kind of funny. He's like trying to get like a like a like a group of Cockney orphans to help him out and pick pocket no, and stuff. I, I, I like the concept a lot. First. It's only design complaint. Oh okay, like from a design standpoint, I and I like the girl's eighty eighties hair. Um, right, yeah. But other than that, it looked, they looked very cyberpunky. I think my um, big, yeah. I think one complaint I had, I, and it's just might be just me. I thought there was too much time spent on flashbacks, and not enough spent in the modern day. Like that's the thing is, like I want more depth. Like yeah, Boba Fett is definitely more one dimensional in the modern day scenes, but like yeah. I want to see more depth there, and I want to see like maybe it's just because I don't give any, any shred of a shit as to what happened to him after he got out of the Sarlacc pit. If you want to give us a flashback of him getting out of the Sarlacc pit, that's okay, but, like, I don't know. Yeah, well, I really liked the Sand People, the the, the Tuscans. Honestly, that was my favorite part of the show. 
because generally was... speaking with the Star Wars shows, like they've been humanizing the Tusken Raiders more. Like the, there was that oh, one yeah. episode of Mandalorian early in season two where they did that, and I thought that was great. And that's those are good. Those are yeah, good well, to watch. You know they're connected, so they're connected because uh, Boba Fett. What he does is he uh, he stops the train in episode three. Right. He says to the Pikes, uh, you know, you have to pay for you know passage or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And Mando in season one, right before Fennec Shan's shit happens, gives those binoculars to the sand people to get through as payment for pa- told for passage through. And it lines up right perfectly. Oh, okay. That is cool. Yeah. And I kind of like the idea, just generally speaking, with this connection to Mandalorian, like, I, I, I like the idea that maybe this is just like a one-off show. Maybe this is just a yeah. one-season show. It felt like... Because it felt like less about Boba Fett, like, at least yeah. after episode well, four. Because they did yeah. four episodes of a so-so TV show, and then we got two of the best episodes of The Mandalorian after <laughs> they that. They were amazing. Oh, they my God. so good. They were the like, best yeah, of the season, even... but for all the wrong yeah. reasons, though. Like Yeah. But also the Naboo Starfighter, and we got oh, so uh, cool. him fighting Paz Vizsla with the, with the Darksaber, and... Uh, and He's no longer a Mandalorian, and they, we got Halo. And, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ring World. Oh my god, that's so that cool. Episode. Like I loved it. I loved catching up oh, with the Mando. PD I... Unit. Have you played Jedi Fallen Order? Yes. I. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm so happy to see that. Oh my god. Me too. It's so good. Uh, yes. I loved seeing that. I loved it. I loved the Mandalorian stuff. The opening from the opening scene with the butcher in the butcher shop, like oh, using right. the dark saber, yes. and he can't quite, awesome. quite handle it, and. It's, oh my god, it's so good to catch up with him. It's great to catch up with Grogu. I love seeing uh, them. Always yeah, love seeing them, I, but it... Well, I'm also a little weirded out. So, can we, uh, if we, let's, okay, well, maybe we won't talk about the finale just yet. Let's talk about Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I don't know what planet it is, but uh, I, I was pretty close, right? <laughs> with which, the which D&D. one? The planet where Luke is building the temple. Oh, right, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, I was going to say with my... With my D and D story, I was pretty close, right? <laughs> it's that same type of environment for sure. That like that kind of like that's how I envision it. Like this foresty kind of like yeah, a little mountainous, mountainous like, greener bamboo. Yeah. It's very green. It's very yeah. It, it's definitely got that feel. To they it. haven't said what planet that is yet, so I'm still banking on Gatalanta, but okay. um, <laughs> but I don't know. It's probably Yavin, actually. Oh, okay, it looks very Yavin esque. Uh, yeah, yeah, that. It was good. I was happy to see R2-D2. I was happy to see yeah. Luke and obviously ecstatic to, ecstatic to see Grogu's training. Yeah, I, know. Um, I was ecstatic to see Ahsoka, too. Was, that was um, a nice surprise. I would not have expected yeah. That was a really nice surprise. But again, it's like it's because it barely has a connection to the Book of Boba Fett. That's why I enjoyed these episodes so much. I don't know. It's like... Yeah, I mean, it certainly was, was disconnected. I kind of thought it was all going to come together well in the finale, but I didn't love the finale. But before we talk about it, I'll say the Luke space looked really good. The voice to me was strange. I thought at first he was just trying to talk like, you know, I am a Jedi, but uh, I found out they're using, it's all a robotically created voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not actually generated. And they got part of that from uh, a Mark Hamill audiobook, And I don't think they should have because audiobooks to me is not natural voice talking it actually sounds yeah. a lot like he sounded in the show you know like it's like this 
reading is just different than talking, you know? Oh, totally, um, yeah. And so it sounded like he was reading a little bit, you know? But um, I really wish they would just recast Sebastian they, Stan or someone else. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. It's, they, they recast Han Solo as a young person and no one really gave a shit, right? Like, no, it was fine. yeah. And he was no good. one flipped out. He was great. Yeah, yeah no yeah. one was, you know, just uh, yeah. or just don't use Luke Skywalker anymore. It sounds like it's good just to tie into the. It sounds like they might not. Yeah, he, well, let's talk about the Grogu conclusion because it sounds like he picked a, the chainmail and that was that. I guess that's the is that the end of Luke Skywalker? That's the thing is like, are they going to even use Luke Skywalker anymore now? Like Grogu has kind of forsaken his training in favor of tagging yeah. along with uh, his favorite Mandalorian on lots of adventures. Yeah, and I read an interesting interpretation of it that was basically like, yeah, Grogu, you know, knows he's gonna, uh, that Mando's gonna die within, you know, 50 years, so why didn't he just wait 50 years to start his training then? Sure, he could do that. Right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I think it's that also, also that idea that, like, it, which I think is an outdated idea, and which I think that The Last Jedi really um, went into detail on, just that idea of, like, being a Jedi, and, like, do you really have to cut off your emotions you really have to close yourself off from that in order to be a jedi like yeah or can there be this kind of gray area maybe there is no light and dark side like the non-attachment thing is the weirdest and it's based on buddhist uh monks doing their non-attachment things so they like don't own possessions and they but i don't know if they like forsake relationships but i think they kind of do I don't like, like, that's the side of that I just don't like, and, uh, and I'm yeah, okay with, zealots, like, you know? yeah, and with Grogu, like, choosing, like, in a way, like, yeah, I'm a little disappointed he's not fully, Im- I, I really just wanted to see Grogu with a little lightsaber. Let, let's talk about the finale. What did you think about the finale? It's a fun little Wild West shootout, I guess, like, it's, it's kind of where it was naturally headed, I guess, like, I'm not it's fun to watch i'm not like oh my god that was amazing this is blowing my mind uh i thought it was really yeah. fun when he's like riding the rancor that was cool and they i agree this is the thing is like number one danny trejo showing up as a rancor trainer was just, just fucking chef's oh kids. yeah like i love holy that shit. um well, you know he's a big pitbull guy too oh no kidding yeah so he's he's like oh you know people breed them for fighting but they're really sweet <laughs> Oh. Basically, what he says, like, and that's kind he's of the thing with about the, pitbulls. Oh, that's yeah. kind of the thing with the rancor too. Is like, yeah, they are yeah, very no, vicious yeah. animals, but like, they've also got. Remember, well, no, that's re- what he says about the rancor. You remember, in like Return of the Jedi, the rancor, how depressed the rancor, yeah. how sad the rancor trainer is when Luke after Luke kills it. Like, yeah, no, you really feel for him. Though. We didn't get enough of that, like bonding between Boba Fett and the rancor, though. Like, it felt like we got like. Five minutes of it in episode three or whenever it was, and then yeah. like all of a sudden, like oh, I guess he's riding on this. Enough for riding, yeah. You needed a montage. I would have loved a montage. There's nothing like a good montage. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's fine. It's fun. Uh, what what do you what do you think of the finale? Like, what are your what are your thoughts? It was fine. I I didn't like the episode two droids. Uh, also, like, there's a bunch of, there's Clone Wars episodes about those kind of shields, and there's, like, a trick to them, but the, they weren't, it wasn't how they were working on these guys, so it was like, oh, I don't know how these shields work, I don't know. Um, um, also, Cad Bane is an awesome character from Clone Wars and Rebels, 
and I felt like he was very underused and then died. <laughs> I was going to ask, because I've never seen Clone Wars, really, but I know he comes from Clone Wars, and I know you've seen Clone Wars. He so is. That, he yeah. makes... Clone Wars... So he makes original trilogy Boba Fett look like a baby. Like, he is ruthless and evil. <laughs> like, oh, man. He doesn't give a fuck. He'll kill kids. Like, whatever. God. Like, uh, he's a bad guy. Um, I swear... He, he does a lot more than slowly walk and duel people in uh, Clone Wars. <laughs> I thought he had so much potential, because I can tell in that first, like, shootout with um, the Sheriff, Timothy Oliver. Uh, yeah, with, Sheriff like, Cobb Vance. Cobb yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I thought he had so much potential to be, like, so fucking ruthless. And, like, that was really the only instance we ever got of it on the show, because... Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I, th- I thought it was kind of, like, yeah, wasted. Like, yeah, by the way, uh, yeah, just as... Because having just having been in the Chicago comedy scene so long, or just like oh yeah, it was being a part of uh, that. Um, I loved seeing David Pasquazi. Yeah, uh, on that show with which uh, any Chicago improv people out there. Uh, there's a g- incredible duo called uh, TJ and Dave, TJ Jagodowski and uh, Dave Pasquazi. Uh, they also do was, Sonic commercials. <laughs> yeah, TJ Jagodowski did the Sonic commercials, and then uh, Dave Pasquazi was on Veep as well. I think he played uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus's uh, ex husband oh, yeah. on that. And he, uh, they're just a great improv dude. I was so happy to see, uh, see him on this. He plays the mayor's major domo. Yes. The Twi'lek. And it's, uh, it's wonderful. I like that. He's hilarious. Head tail. What do they keep calling him in the last episode? So tail head. And it's like, it used to be a, it's a, it's an old, uh, like racist term. (laughs) For Twi'lek. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, That was fun seeing him in, uh, Amy Sidaris. I liked seeing Amy Sidaris back for this. Yeah, I yeah. thought the finale was fine. I, 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 yeah, I was a little. It just wasn't very well directed. I felt like there was literally like editing issues. There was times where both there's one where like Mando pulls his gun out, like draws his gun, and then they cut to another thing, and then he comes back and he draws his gun again. And I was like, what? Uh, and like, there's yeah. a bunch of other little editing mistakes. And then there's like weird things, like the guy spinning before he shoots his gun. Oh yeah! Oh my god! Yeah, it was so weird. I don't know, yeah, like, for overall, just, like, this show was so, dis- it felt very disjointed, like, it felt like Favreau, because John Favreau, I think, and I think maybe Dave Filoni for a couple of the episodes, where, uh, John Favreau was, like, credited for, uh, sole writer for most of these episodes, yeah. and it felt like he got to episode four and was like, we don't have much of a story here, what can we do now, let's see how Mando's <sighs> doing, and then we'll try to work this, in. like, it felt, that's for me, yeah. like, how it felt here, it was like, yeah, we and I have to... no issue with that. Like, you know, just stick with what works. Episodes five and six were so good. That, yeah. Like, I like just... I'm not complaining. Yeah. Like, I'm not yeah. complaining about the those episodes by themselves were phenomenal, and I loved catching up. And I did tear up a little bit in episode oh, yeah. seven when oh, yeah. Grogu and Mando were reunited. Um, oh, it was so sweet. I loved that. Uh, um, Final thoughts on both. Go ahead. No, that's it. That's it. I, I thought fine. it was fine. It's good. Yeah. yeah. You know? It could have been better. Well, do you want to play a game before we get into the Oscars? Well, Tommy. I want to play a game. Shall we play a game? Okay, so this game is called Hockey Hall of Famer or Character from Star Wars. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. I, I, these are all canon characters. Okay. I, did, I double-checked. All right. Uh, and so I have 11 of them for you here. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. uh, number one, Silvio Mantha. 
Mantha rhymes with Bantha, but the, I don't know. I'm gonna go. Ho- I'm gonna go hockey player. I'm gonna go hockey player. Hall of Famer, 1960. Yes. Uh, okay, Davin Felth. I'm going Star Wars character. That's correct. It's a hey. stormtrooper. Ooh, I didn't know there were any that had names other than Finn. They all, uh, at a certain point, they were recruited from just normal, you know, citizens. Ah. Uh, um, oh, yeah. There was a time. Yes. Okay. Uh, Dit Clapper. <laughs> I'm going to go Star Wars character. Hall of Fame, 1947. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't really know how this is pronounced, so I'm going to do my best. I can give you the spelling if you want. But Sil Apps. Sounds like something to order at Buffalo Wild Wings. Can I have like a plate of apps? Um, I'm going to go Star S-Y- Wars and Oh, yeah, sorry. It is a Hall of Famer, 1961. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> okay. also sounds like a very Star Wars first name. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Wolf Yularen. Wolf Yularen. That sounds, that sounds like a Star Wars name. That is true. He is an Imperial Admiral. He died in the Death Star. Ah, oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Terry Sawchuck. Sawchuck. Harry Sawchuck. I'm gonna go hockey player. You're right. 1971. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Conan Antonio Mati. Hmm. See, my first guess would be hockey player, but I feel like this could be one to throw me off. I'm gonna go Star Wars character. Yes. He's, <laughs> he's the guy who scoffs when Vader says, you know, that's incomparable next to the power of the force. Oh, and the, is he, the he scoffs. I think he gets choked out. Not, I forget guy. if he kills him or not, but Admiral Mati is his name. Oh my God. Um, is that the, your lack of faith is, is disturbing? I think that's it. Yeah. Oh my God. Vladislav Tretiak. Russian. There's a lot of, I think like Russian hockey players out there. I'm going to go, I'm going to go uh, hockey player. Ding. Yes. 1989. Uh, Moose Goheen. How, how, okay. Let's go either way. How is Moose spelled? I will not give the spelling for this. Okay. I think it might give it away. Um, Okay. I'm going to go, okay. Star Wars character. I'm going to go Star Wars. No. (laughs) 1952. Uh, Moose spelled like a moose. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would have been, yeah, that would have been a spoiler. Good call. Oh my God. Uh, Gavin Sykes. Gavin Sykes. I'm going Star Wars. Correct. One of the yeah. Naboo Royal Security Forces who is in the Battle of Naboo. Ooh. Gar Saxon. Gar. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, if you see that's another thing, it's like it could be Star Wars, but I think I'm going to go hockey player this time. Nope. He is a Mandalorian from the Clone uh, Wars. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Of Clan Saxon. Okay. Or maybe he might be, this, I don't know, but that's it. That's the game. Wow. Um, Surprisingly hard. Man, I've got a game later for you, but I think it is best uh, saved for after our Oscars talk here. Wonderful. Um, all right, let's kick things off with best picture here. Uh, so the nominees, they there's 10 this year. They are Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Um, let's start. I'm just gonna go in order here. I uh, I've seen two. Which one? Which ones have you seen? 
I have seen Dune and Licorice Pizza. Okay, uh, Licorice Pizza, because I have this is one of the ones that I have not seen yet. What are your okay. uh, what, what are your feelings on Licorice Pizza? Best picture of the year, without question. <laughs> oh man, it was, okay, it was so good. Oh, I man. can't imagine going to see a movie and it being better than that. God, it was to... really good. I need to see that one. I love Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, I need to watch Licorice Pizza. Um, um, and we then... talked Dune, didn't we? I think we've talked about it a little bit, yeah. Um, I loved it. I loved this movie. I needed to, I think I mentioned before, I needed to, you know, it, was, it came out in theaters and on HBO at the same time. Gabby and I went to go see it in the theater, and then the next morning we uh, we watched it again on HBO, and we've had the subtitles nice. on, and that helped That's a, a good lot. Call. That yeah, was I a should great watch call. it again with subtitles on, honestly. I gotta credit her for uh, that idea. Uh, that was a great idea on Gabby's part. Um, but I enjoyed it a lot more, uh, kind of knowing what they were saying there. And like, sure. it's an incredibly like well acted and well directed movie. And this snub number one here for me is that Denis Villeneuve should have been nominated for director for this. Like, well, interesting that he wasn't. I know, right? It's like it was nominated in like literally every other aspect. I think, except for that. I will say Belfast is. Thus far, I have yet to watch Licorice Pizza, so this may be upended okay. at one point, at some point. But Belfast, so far, is my favorite movie of the year. Um, I okay. was so happy to What's see. What's it about? It's a Kenneth Branagh movie. Uh, it is, I think, partly autobiographical. It's about a young child uh, named Buddy, who is, uh, I think, it's supposed to be Kenneth Branagh, and he is growing up in Belfast, Ireland, during a very tumultuous period. There was the, that whole the civil war mm-hmm. that was happening for it happened. It was like yeah. thirty years, yeah. um, happening there. But he's growing up in the midst of that. He's got his family. Uh, it's extraordinarily well acted, well written, like just beautiful movie. It can be very funny. It can be heartbreaking. Like I, I love it. Okay, uh, I'll check it out. Movie. Uh, Wait, is it, it streaming? It is. Uh, I, th- I think right now it's available for rent. Uh, so okay. It's like five dollar rental, something like that. On, cool. You can just go through Prime Video or whatever. It is available for streaming. Um, Coda, I have also not seen, but I remember hearing about this one because it won the uh, Grand Jury Prize sure. at Sundance last year, and it was a big deal be- last year because Apple set a record, a Sundance purchasing record. It bought this movie for twenty five million dollars. And then, don't look up. Like, I haven't seen it. I've heard it was funny. I here are my thoughts. I'm going to spend as little time talking about this movie as possible because the more okay. I think about this, the more I hate this movie. Okay. Um, it is big. It is loud. Big and loud is not funny. Like uh-huh. that is. That, it, oh my god! It's it's the Seth Cohen. We're going to get to that bit and. In... In OC. Oh my god! <laughs> yes! Oh my god, a little preview for uh, the O three 3 here. One of the episodes yeah. we talk about, yeah, it's Summer's New Boyfriend. Um, oh my god. Yeah. But it's a very big and loud movie, and there's a few maybe funny bits in there, but, like, this is a big and loud movie, and it's a climate change parable. Like, it's Adam McKay's climate change parable. Yeah. My big issue with this movie is that I wonder who the audience for this movie is. Because it seems like they're he's trying to warn people about climate change. Problem is, the people that this movie might be for are not going to listen. And I think yeah. Adam McKay is smart enough to know that. And yeah. it seems like he, through this whole movie, is just like him being big and loud, just saying, I'm smarter than you are. 
this feels like I saw somebody write this on Facebook the other day, so I can't take credit for this, but this movie feels like God's not dead for liberals. Oh, and God. Let me make it clear. Like, I believe in climate change. <laughs> I am about as liberal as it gets. That's a good... I, uh, okay, now I kind of want to watch it. <laughs> this is a movie that people seem to either like it or not like it. So, I mean, for whatever, you know, it's been a pretty divisive one. Um, yeah. I personally fall into that category of I think I, I just didn't like this movie. And I, I, I think this, of any movie that's in the best picture list this year, I think this one needs to be out, and this is how you get Spider-Man No Way Home into the yeah. Oscar race, because yeah. I think it is a goddamn shame that that movie did not get I know, total it. snub. Well, let's it, talk about Drive My Car. Drive My Car, which I have not watched. Wait, never heard of it. <laughs> this is the very first movie uh, out of Japan to be nominated for Best Picture, and the plot of this movie sounds like something that's just like totally up. Like, it's a total Oscars movie. Uh, okay. IMDb plot description says, After his wife's unexpected death, uh, a renowned stage actor and director receives an offer to direct a production of Uncle Vanya in Hiroshima. And there he begins to face the haunting mysteries his wife left behind. It's I've heard nothing but great things about this. People have been talking about this one as being, like, a potential, like, upset in terms of, like, being nominated or even winning. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of the few movies on this list that is actually not streaming anywhere right now, so. Huh. Uh, well, neither is Pizza. Yeah, you gotta go to a theater for that one, too, yeah. Um. Okay. But I've yet to see it. it. Sounds good. Um. Yeah, it sounds good. King Richard was, uh, I really liked this one. It's about the Williams, Venus and Serena Williams. Oh, right, yeah. Will Smith is just, I mean, he's the best part of this movie. Like, he's just absolutely crushing it in this. Uh, it's a great movie. I enjoyed it. Um, Nightmare Alley, I was very surprised to see on here. Guillermo del Toro's new movie. Um, really good. That is also streaming right now. That is on both Hulu and HBO Max. Did you see it? I did, yeah. I really liked it. Um, okay, awesome. Uh, Power of the Dog, really good. That's like a Western. What's it about? So the charismatic rancher Phil Burbank inspires fear and awe and awe in those around him. When his brother brings home a new wife and her son, Phil torments them until he finds himself exposed to the possibility of love. Um, okay. And it goes in an unexpected direction there, and it's a really good movie. And Benedict, the whole cast of this movie is phenomenal. And then West Side Story is the last one. Did you see this one? Nope, but I've heard it was great. Yeah, really good. Um, justify. It, it, I didn't think of it, because I love the original, but like it justifies a reason for there being a remake of this. It's really nice. good. Um, yeah, I'd like to see it. It is good. And that's it for Best Picture right there. And then Best Actor. I'm just looking at Best Actor right here. We uh -huh. got uh, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, uh -huh. Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog. Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Javier Bardem for Being the Ricardos. And Will Smith for King Richard. I believe you uh, mispronounced one of those. I believe it's it's called Bendel Flip Crumberflap. Oh, right. Sorry, it was um, be Bendel Whip Bumper Car. Right. Like, uh, perfect. Yeah, I was bummed that I was happy to see Andrew Garfield get up here for Tick Tick Boom because this is another one of my favorite yeah. movies of the year. Uh, everybody else was very good on this list. I didn't take to Macbeth. I think like a lot of people took to Macbeth. I downloaded. I haven't seen it yet. It's Denzel doing Shakespeare. I gotta be in a mood to watch Shakespeare, and like I, I think I wasn't in the yeah. mood to watch it. It's a well done movie. It's a good movie, but it's just I'm sure. Yeah, you, you do have to be in a mood though. Yeah, uh, you have to be ready to sort of get in there. Yeah. 
Man, I was happy to see, just moving on to um, Best Actress, I was so happy to see Kristen Stewart get a nomination yeah. for Spencer. Yeah, well, we're, we're big Kristen Stewart stands around we here. We've definitely, yeah, we've <laughs> talked to, we've stand Kristen Stewart on this show a lot. Uh, I loved her in Spencer. I thought it was a really good movie. Who else is that? Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos, uh, Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter, and Penelope Cruz for uh, Parallel Mothers, which I also heard is really good. Um, we just watched um, Being the Ricardos, and she is a she was really good in that movie. She plays Lucille Ball. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. And Javier Bardem is uh, Desi Arnaz in that. Um, okay. Yeah, good movie though. Um, actor in a supporting role: Kieran Hines oh. for Belfast, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos. Jesse Plemons got nominated for Power of the Dog. I was so hey, happy to see Meth that. Hey, Meth Damon. Huh? Meth Damon. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Cody Smith-McPhee for The Power of the Dog. That was to be expected, uh-huh. and I think he's the front runner for this category right now. Okay. Um, and then Troy Kotzer for Coda has also been getting a lot of talk. But uh, Troy Kotzer uh, is the first deaf actor to get a nomination. Yes, he is. I was happy to see that, get that representation yeah. in there for that. That was really cool. And then supporting actress, uh, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, Anjanou Ellis for King Richard, Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter, Judy Dench for Belfast, and Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, who I was also really happy to see get an Oscar nomination. And she was great in The Power of the Dog. I would take, I have not watched The Lost Daughter, I would take Judy Dench out of this race and put in the, 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 the woman who I thought was going to actually win this category for and for Belfast, which is uh, Katrina Balfe, who was stellar in that movie. I would I would have put her in this instead of Judy Dench. With her out of the race, I might give this to Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. I thought she was really good. Oh. And then... When we got director, too. Oh yeah, director right there. We got Jane Campion for Power of the Dog, uh, who is uh, the first woman to be nominated for uh, Best Director twice. Huh. What else was she nominated for? Uh, it would have been The the Piano. Oh, interesting. Uh, with uh, Holly Hunter. Uh, oh, with Holly is, Hunter. Yeah, nice. Well, uh, I do my Holly, I can, I, anytime I have an opportunity to do my Holly Hunter impression, I always <laughs> have to do it. Which I think Holly Hunter got an Oscar for that too. I think that's what she has her uh, Oscar for. Was the uh, piano? That's great. Ah, uh, that's great. She love deserves it. every every love inch her. of it. I love. I Holly love Hunter. Uh, Jane Camp. Yeah. That was the last time Jane Campion was kind of in the Oscar race okay. for that movie, and that was early nineties, I think. Um, yeah. Kenneth Branagh is up for Belfast. Uh, Paul Thomas okay. Anderson for Licorice Pizza. Woo. Uh, Ray Suki Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, which I was surprised to see that in there because. Just kind of like drive my car is kind of like the the underdog here for this yeah. whole race, and then Spielberg for uh, West Side Story. Man, who would I give that to? The Power of the Dog is a really beautiful movie. It's a beautifully shot movie. Um, it looks good. It looks great. It's a well shot one. How is Licorice Pizza like uh, in terms of like the direction for this? Like, I mean, it's it's really good. It's it's sort of strange. I mean, it's kind of like a bunch of little vignettes that sort of flow together really well. Um, I don't know. It's the the acting is incredible though, especially from like, you know, I hear, um, Alana Haim, uh, was incredible in this movie. She is. But the other funny thing is, uh, it's her, her real family is playing her family in this. Oh my God. Uh, And so it's hilarious. 
I love that. Uh, that's really fun. I, because the people thought she was going to get best uh, a Best Actress nomination this year. Yeah, like, I'm really that pissed good. she isn't on there. I can't believe it, actually. I also thought, God, Best Actor, Cooper Hoffman should have been honestly nominated. Oh, my God. Is he that good? At, like, is he that good in this? Yes. Oh, yes. my God. Um, and he looks just like his. He's the son of yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman. He looks just like his dad. Yeah, it's a bit strange. It is really insane. And then... I think the other big snub this year that everybody is talking about is um, how, uh, Lady Gaga for uh, House of Gucci, uh, which yes. I watched recently, and that was that was a movie. I thought she was good. I didn't think she was like I didn't think she was Oscar worthy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, people thought she was going to get nominated. People thought Jared Leto was going to get nominated for supporting actor for that like ridiculous. Borat Mario accent that he has in that movie. Is it bad? I haven't. It, it's it's pretty it's pretty bad. Um, and this movie's one Oscar nomination is for hair and makeup mm-hmm. because if you see Jared Leto, they did his makeup in that, and it looks like this is a part that could have been really good and like in the hands of a different actor who looked more the part and didn't need that hair and makeup to make them look unrecognizable, and I think it comes off as, like, super... Oh, my God. What the fuck? Are you looking at a picture? (laughs) Yes, yes, It looks ridiculous, doesn't it? Why? Why? He's so (laughs) over the top. Oh, that's actually a line he has in the movie. Why? 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 He... It's so ridiculously over the top, and this is the kind of role that, like... What the fuck? I... What the fuck? (laughs) This is this is a part that could have gotten somebody an Oscar nomination. Now he's got a Razzie uh, nomination. That is that's funny. That is oof. it's oh it's utter. It, it's just this and this whole movie is over the top. And Gaga is fine, but yeah. she's not great. And she's been going off on this fucking campaign this season. Like, have you seen these interviews she's been doing? Mm-mm. Talking about how she stayed in character for nine months, went super method, and like. All these things, like, oh, it was so hard for me to leave the character, and, like, it, all this shit, and just... It came off really pretentious, which... Yeah. You remember the article about when Jared Leto was doing all the Joker stuff, it was more <laughs> acting is not necessarily better acting. Oh, my God. Before we close up today, uh, Tommy, do you want to play another game? Yeah. <laughs> So we talked uh, talked about Jared Leto and his ridiculous pepperoni accent. Is that racist? Uh huh. No. Racist? <laughs> no. I don't this... know. I'm totally <laughs> so we talked about Jared Leto and his ridiculous over the top accent in this movie. Uh, I thought it sounded no, no, a lot say like... it. Say pepperoni accent. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it was. It's a fucking stereotypical Italian accent. You can make fun of Italians. They're white Okay, okay, okay. Uh, It's a ridiculous over-the-top accent. Very Italian. (laughs) Italian going into, like, Borat, almost. Yeah. Very Borat-esque. So, for this game, I call it House of Gucci or Borat. I'm gonna give you... I got ten lines here. I'm going to give you a line. I'm gonna read it in the best accent that I can here. Okay. And you need to tell me if it's a line from a Borat movie or if it's a line that Jared Leto said in House of Gucci. Okay. 
Okay, so the first one I have here, uh, I'll start off with an easy one. I like you. I like sex. Is nice. <laughs> it's gotta be Borat. That is Borat, correct. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, my bladder may be full, but my dreams are even fuller. Borat or House of Gucci? <laughs> I think it's House of Gucci. That is correct. <laughs> He's got some ridiculous ones in this movie. Oh my goodness. Let's see. You picked the real firecracker. Uh, that's House of Gucci? That is House of Gucci, yes. Okay. All right. He's got my little peaches in a very tight grip. <laughs> is it House of Gucci? That is House of Gucci, yes. <laughs> okay. Oh my god, all right. I need dress with real sexy peels. <laughs> It's got to be Borat. That is Borat, yes. Uh, here we go. Heels a pain in my assholes. <laughs> is it Borat? That is Borat. Oh, you're crushing this one. Uh, yes. All right. Don't even look at me, you lying sack of potatoes. Uh, Borat? That is actually House of Gucci. <laughs> all right. Uh... The vice premier was known to be such a pussy hound that he could not be left alone in a room with a woman. House of Gucci or Borat? <laughs> um, uh, uh, House of Gucci? That is Borat, actually. It's a line from the <laughs> Borat 2. All right, I got, uh, I got two left here. Um, I feel like American movie star Dirty Herald. Uh... Borat? That is Borat, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, my last one here. Never confuse shit with chocolate. They may look the same, but the taste is very different. Trust me, I know. Borat? That is a line from House of Gucci, actually. What the fuck? What the fuck? There's so many lines from this movie that are so... <laughs> ridiculous and this is very like you know some of these are out of context but some of them are also very ridiculous just in context that is uh, wild that is crazy it, so was this movie yeah it, it, was, it was ridiculous i think that's about everything we've got for today everybody thank you so much for listening to two guys watch a movie we are on apple podcasts we are on stitcher wherever you get your podcasts from uh, it's good we are on top of the world, looking down on creation. Yeah, is it, so are we God then? It's Wait. a Carpenter song. Oh, is that a car? Oh, that's a. Oh, okay. I'm on top of the world, looking oh, down on creation, and that's the only okay. Explanation. I know that. Okay, I know that. I know what song you're talking about. It's like, wait, are we yeah. like? Is this that like Beatles were bigger than Jesus thing or? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, we're not. Um, we're bigger. We're bigger than the Beatles ever were in Japan. They were. That that's a little bit of a stretch, weren't they? Like, we're bigger than the Beatles ever were in Croatia. Probably. Probably. No. <laughs> Maybe probably not. not. No, not even. <laughs> not even a little bit. Everybody, thank you for joining us today. I'm Jordan Ehrlich. I'm Tommy Quartz. We'll see you soon, everybody. Take care. Bye.